0: Legacy means a lot of things to a lot of people. To some, it's lasting integrity. It's building and maintaining a history of greatness. It's making an impact on people and community. For others, it's dependable security and assurance in an uncertain time. To us, it's all of that and more. It's a mindset, a brother and sisterhood of hard-working people dedicated to doing the right thing for you and those you care about of growing today for a better tomorrow. That's what legacy means at Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group. What does it mean to you? Let's talk legacy.
1: Welcome to the show. I'm Gary Michaels, your host of Let's Talk Legacy. And I'm very excited about our guest today, Amanda Holmes. Amanda is the CEO of Chet Holmes International, which has worked with over 250,000 businesses worldwide. And she's the daughter of the legendary Chet Holmes. The company is based on the teachings of her father, whose legacy she is tasked with continuing. And her success relies on what she calls pig-headed discipline, and determination, which we'll dig into, of course, today. So, Amanda, welcome.
2: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Gary.
1: So you're the daughter of Chet, who's one of America's top marketing executives, trainers, consultants, motivational experts, and I could probably go on and on and on, because even before I interview today, I've been well aware of your father, read his books, and watched his videos. And so a lot of people that listen to our show know who your dad is, but they're going to get to know him a little deeper today and get to know you a little bit. Before we dive in, bring our audience up to speed for those who may not be familiar with you, your family. Tell us a little bit about your father. Tell us a little bit about you.
2: So my father got his big break working for a billionaire by the name of Charlie Munger, co-chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. So he was able to double the sales of nine different companies for Charlie, all within 12 to 15 months, and several of them multiple years consecutively. That's where he realized that he had a system for doubling sales. He went on to work with 60 of the Fortune 500 as clients himself, cold calling his way right up to the top. And then wrote the book, The Ultimate Sales Machine, which our clients call it their red Bible because second to the Bible, they read this the most. So I just finished the new edition of The Ultimate Sales Machine. It was released 15 years ago, and we were selling tens of thousands of copies every year without any marketing budget behind it. It's just people that love that book and want to promote it and give it to their everyone they know, their clients, their friends. So, so that really speaks to the volumes of my father's principles being timeless. And so I've just updated it. It was a rather unexpected way that I came into the company. So my father was diagnosed with cancer. It's been 10 years now since he passed. And in August of 2012, I inherited the company and I was a singer beforehand, so no prior experience in the businesses. So imagine that to now having a couple hundred staff, all double my age at 24, trying to figure it all out. It was rather terrifying and definitely all odds against me. But here we are. A decade later, I've been CEO for the last eight. When I first stepped in, we increased our leads by 1,176% and doubled our coaching clients multiple years in a row. Lots of wonderful things that have come just from following my father's framework. So if I can do it, I know others can as well.
1: Did your dad have a succession plan or did it kind of just fall into place?
2: So he had nine different companies that all had heads of each one of the companies. And then they reported to a CEO who reported to my father. So it's not like he was in the day-to-day at all, but it was as if it's like a whole body operates and all of the, the pieces are there, but without the heart, the whole thing just can't seem to really operate. A body can operate without its heart. And um, my father had you know all those systems in place. And yet, for instance, all of our leads were generated on the radio. And in 2012, it was just getting to a point where my industry was really jumping online And we really needed to innovate. And six months after my father had passed, the marketing team was still just running the ads of my father's voice and people were calling in crying like this Chet died. Why are you still playing his ads? So he was the innovator in the company. It was difficult for us to pivot or or find a way after his passing. It was really difficult. The strange part is there was time to create a succession plan or to put in place things. But that never happened. So I really had to learn his business from reading emails.
1: Really? That's interesting.
2: I hadn't read his book, so I had to start reading his book. I watched his videos over and over and over again. Luckily, my father was a world-class trainer, so I just had to become like every other client and learn his, his material.
1: Sure. So in your first two years taking the lead, you increased your sales by 1,176%.
2: I increased our leads by 1,176% and I doubled our coaching clients two years in a row.
1: Was there one or two things you did that caused that to happen?
2: Yes. So my father taught the Dream 100, the fastest, least expensive way to double sales. That one strategy is double the sales for more companies than any other. And it's really simple. It goes along the premise of there's always a smaller number of better buyers than there are all buyers. That means marketing and selling to them is cheaper than marketing and selling to all buyers. So to generate more leads, what I did is I found a very small amount of people that had a very big reach in my industry. So I reached out to Zig Ziglar's son, Tom Ziglar, um, Brendan Burchard, uh all of the biggest names that were here at that time. And I asked them to do one of the largest virtual events that the industry had ever seen. And here I am at 26 saying this, it was rather hilarious, but I managed to get them all together and I generated uh, 30,000 leads without spending a dime on advertising by pulling together our dream, my dream 10 affiliates. It didn't even have to be 100. Uh, I call it the target 12, but it stems from the same premise of my father's dream 100. That was one thing. And then another thing that I did was I started selling one to many and I started running webinars. Here I am, 26. Everyone that's on the call is like 50s, 60s. So if you're sitting here listening to me talking about how you can double your sales in 12 months flat, <laughs> it was rather strange at first. All Although of- it
1: was probably refreshing. I got to imagine just to hear your energy and excitement and taking on the traditions. There must have been an air of excitement. Like, what can I learn? But it also made them lean in a little bit. Okay. What do you got to tell me? Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. That-
1: tell me a little bit about sharing a concept that would have the entire room want more. Yeah. What do you think that is that came from your gut, from your heart, from your mouth that made, I'm still 100% of the room? What caused that?
2: That's so funny that you asked that. So I study under an Indian saint. Uh, her full name is rather long, but it's very high honor. Sarvalokama, Her Holiness Sri Shri Shri 1008 Guruji Punamji. She's the founder of Divine Bliss, and I call her Guruji. She was the one that just kept saying, you can be CEO, you can be CEO, you can step in. And I'd look at her like, you've got to be crazy. (laughs) That's insane talk. And uh, one time I was doing this webinar and I didn't sell, I didn't close anything. And so I walked in and I was looking pretty down and she looked at me and she goes, you know, what's, what's going on? And, and I said to her, oh, it's nothing, don't worry. And, you know, she obviously could tell I was obsessed. So she cried a little bit further and I said, well, I just did a webinar and I didn't really close anything. And she looked at me and she went, close? What do you mean close? And I said, well, you know, close a sale, like close like a vice. And she she looked very perplexed. And then she, she goes, uh, why would you ever want to close something that puts pressure on you and pressure on everyone you talk to? Why wouldn't you want to plant a seed? You have so many people in that audience. You could plant a seed that would create a tree that would bear fruit there would be such an abundance you could you could plant an entire orchard with just one phone conversation so in my head something shifted that day where instead of closing i was planting seeds and that was the start of me getting more comfortable with saying okay yeah i'm going to have fun with this because i'm planting seeds and falling into my own rhythm instead of feeling like i was being forced or pressured to adhere to some Belief system of what it means to close.
1: Heck yeah. That is a huge lesson. It's huge. So, our show is about creating a legacy or continuing a legacy of someone important to you. First of all, what does legacy mean to you?
2: It's such an interesting concept because I've had a lot of people that I loved dearly uh, pass. And just from a young age, I uh, lost a dear friend of mine when I was 15. He committed suicide. Then, my best friend, uh, there were three of us. We called the Three Musketeers. She died when I was nineteen. My grandfather died when I was twenty. My other grandfather died when I was twenty, and grandmother twenty-one, and then my father at twenty-four. And just a lot, a lot of death. Yeah, with like every death, I I I defined it differently. So my first uh, closest was my best friend that died in a jet skiing accident, and I was sitting at her funeral, and I saw this whole church full of people, and I said that is the point of life is at your dying day, how many people are in the, in the church? So then I dedicated my life to find great friends for the next couple of years. That's what I focused on. And then I watched my grandfather pass and he passed in his living room. He had 10 children and every single one of them were just, you know, what love is in this room? That was such a beautiful thing. He died surrounded by everyone that loved him in his living room and he looked so contented. And then when I watched my father pass, he was so disappointed that he didn't do more. So then I believe that it's actually not about the people. It's not about anybody outside of you. The truest point of life is how you feel about yourself in your last day. To me, legacy is most importantly, and it's strange because I, you know, so much of my life is dedicated towards uh, over the last decade of carrying on my father's legacy. But in it, I find purpose to my own, and I recognize that it is an opportunity, a responsibility, but a beautiful opportunity to be able to put forth my dreams and goals, and I interweave them throughout what I'm doing here.
1: I can tell it's coming from your heart, it's from the core, and I just think our listeners are going to go, man, it makes me want to go grab the book and read it again today. (laughs)
2: Well, the new edition, actually. So the final chapter, I wrote a hundred versions. What? I have a hundred versions sitting on my computer. I called it the encore my father never got to give on how to live a rich and full life. And as I told you earlier, I went, I used to go through his emails and I still do it from time to time. I was going through his emails, trying to find something to put in the new edition. And it was like three in the morning and I had to, deliver the manuscript to Penguin that morning. And uh, I found this letter where he said, I generated more wealth in the last six months than the prior eight years combined. And it's because of this one thing. And I was like, yes, I found (laughs) it." So I put that into the final chapter, but it took me another whole year of blending what he learned right before he passed. And then how that dictated the whole next 10 years of my life and how I changed how I operate my business and how I live my life based on that. So chapter 13 is my my stance and as well as my father's stance on how to live a rich and full life.
1: How can people get a hold of that book?
2: Yes, they can either get it on Amazon, obviously it's there, or ultimatesalesmachine.com, which gives a couple more gifts and you get a little extra. There.
1: Yay. Yep. Okay. So when you took over the company for your dad, did you have any reservations about taking over the company, taking over his legacy? Because it was his legacy. Was it something that you wanted to do or did you feel like it was an obligation?
2: Absolutely not. I wanted nothing to do with the company. I can remember, the only reason why I remember when it was is because there were flowers all through my room from right after my father's funeral and somebody had just given me the P&L for the first time. And I was scrolling across the Excel, and it just felt like it was this never-ending scroll of numbers and line items. And I just broke into tears at in that moment, thinking, like, what have I gotten myself into? How could this all have fallen on me? Why did he never prepare me? Why didn't he ever tell me or give me anything, right? So that was a shock. And then I really just felt, you know, my father passed at 55. I'm very much like my father. I have a lot of tendencies like him. So I can work very hard and put a lot of hours in and I can focus like a laser beam. And if I want something, nothing is going to stop me from doing it, just like my father. So I felt like I would just sit into an early grave right next to him if I stepped in. So there was a lot of resistance, hyper resistance, It took two years before I stepped in as CEO, and it took some breaking down uh, of my own belief systems. I could take over the business. I just do it in a different energy that isn't so pressurizing and pushing, because my father had a lot to prove. He grew up with nothing. He was born in the Bronx. He didn't tell anybody that. He didn't want anybody to know that he didn't even graduate high school. He could barely spell his secretaries would have to teach him how to spell and grammar. And yet he's renowned for one of the most recognized sales books of all time. But he had a lot that he had to push to prove. And and so I've come back around with that to say, okay, how can I do it a different way?
1: Yeah. So that's interesting. There's a quote that I, but I often say when your heart's on service, you can't be nervous and nervous is all about anxiety. You know what I mean? And, you know, I always felt, no, no, I'd, I'd be curious about your thoughts on this, that there's two emotions that most people experience. It's either fear or confidence. That's hmm. fearful and worried and stress or confidence. And there are different levels of it, of course. But the only difference between the two is your level of preparation. But that confidence comes with being good with yourself. And that's what I'm hearing through this whole interview with you today is that, You you have to be good with yourself first. You have to be good with who you are and what you believe in and take a stand and a strong stand, even if it may not be popular with others, it's to serve. I don't know. It's interesting that you didn't want this, but you also probably deep in your core saw it as your mission to make the world a better place.
2: No, I think that's what we've been talking about. So um, even just especially post-COVID, the number one thing that people want to spend their money on over financial security. and physical uh, health, which you would think post a pandemic that people would care more about their physical health. It's actually their mental health. Mental health is the number one thing that people want to spend money on this year. And it comes from you know, all the things that we've been through, I, I mean, there's so many different reasons why that has boiled up to the top. I mean, depression is the highest that it's ever been over times of World War One, World War II, and the Great Depression. We're more depressed today than we were during times of intense war. Part of my teaching companies how to double their sales Well, I also want to teach how to cut your stress in half. It shouldn't be that you double your sales, Uh double the amount of work. You should be just working smarter and you should know that it's okay to take time to work on your health, to work with, to be with your family, right? All of this should be a part of our world. So that's critical to me. And I've started incorporating teaching mental wellness into our infrastructure.
1: Who wouldn't want that? So you talked about what legacy means to you. What does legacy mean to what your company is trying to accomplish?
2: Mm -hmm. I debate sharing something with you that I haven't shared publicly. I wonder how many people would see it if I told it to you.
1: I saw your mind think there.
2: (laughs) This is such an interesting question because I've thought so much about it. Obviously, like I just said, my goal is to assist companies, executives, entrepreneurs, salespeople, how to double their sales while cutting their stress in half. Um, But a big part also of the legacy, I am moving more towards focusing on the mission and less about it all being about the man, which is a bit controversial as I run Chet Holmes International. When I inherited the company at first, I went through six different lawsuits and everyone basically saw money and they just attacked and uh, people that I knew my entire life. So it was rather vicious. And uh, once I got everything settled in the company into a stable place, uh, I took I took a year off and I spent more time with plants than people because I had really lost faith in humanity. I did a lot of healing during that time. And when I came back, I said, OK, I'm coming back. But if I'm going to come back, I'm coming back on my own terms and I'm going to do this the way that I would like to do this. And that included looking at what my mission is and my core values are, and then finding others that fit that same core value of I'm here. I want to be of service. A full meeting doesn't just have to be about talking about me and how great I am. I'd rather just talk about what we're doing to get results and how we're doing that for our clients and for our staff. So for me, that legacy is beyond, it's not going from Chet Holmes International to Amanda Holmes International. It's going to, okay, how do we, How do we lead with the mission? How do we lead with assisting more companies to grow while also cutting their stress? And I have a bigger vision that we're looking for over 100 acres where people can reset. Let go of all of the stress that's happening right now and just connect back to the simplicity of how beautiful nature can be and how uplifting it can be. I mean, just getting your hands in some dirt, you'd be shocked how many diseases (laughs) will decrease if you're just instead of holding your phone 96 times a day you're holding some grass or touching a tree uh, and then how to cook a healthy meal in under 15 minutes and then how to meditate the right way because majority of people think that meditation is sitting in silence which actually makes your monkey mind louder the the definition of meditation is to have an altered state of consciousness so why don't we use the sound of our own voice and with positive affirmations and rhythms to be able to actually reach that altered state of consciousness. All of these things are things that I practiced over the last 10 years to do literally the impossible. It, I was in an impossible situation. My company should not be here today. I was 24, hundreds of staff, millions of dollars. It shouldn't have worked, but it did because of everything that I just described to you. And I want more CEOs to have that experience, executive teams, sales reps. I want more executives, corporate people to have the experience of getting themselves reset in their best energy so that when they go to double cells, it's so much easier because we got your mind in the right place. We got your heart in the right place. We got your body more healthy. So that's that's the mission that I'm on currently is to bridge those two worlds together.
1: I love it. Love it. You know, I've I've often said as a speaker and trainer and coach and inspirer that I have a mission of inspiring 100 million people to live better happier healthier lives and I'm able to put some numbers to it by who's been in my audiences and different things like that and who's read my books and, but if there was one thing that you is your biggest passion have you identified what that is
2: Yeah I mean it's all about my relationship I use the word higher self uh, being the best version of me Being connected to my higher self. So if I can be a living, breathing demonstration of that, to you know, when I put my head on the pillow, I feel oh, I'm complete because I know that I've done all the work I possibly can, and I've said the things that are resonating with my heart instead of just what other people want to hear. You know, I'm not living for others. I'm living to be the best version of me. That's most important to me. And then if other people can pick up on that because they see me doing it, then that's beautiful. But it all starts with my relationship with my my higher self.
1: If someone wants to talk to you, Amanda, how would they reach you?
2: Well, ultimatesalesmachine.com is a great place to get the book. And then you'll see other options that we have for how you can double your sales in the next 12 months. I'm everywhere online. If you want to follow me on social medias, uh, I spend more of my time on Instagram and Amanda Holmes was taken. So I had to use my salsa name by Amandita Holmes. Amandita Holmes on uh, Instagram. Otherwise, ultimatesalesmachine.com.
1: Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for your time today. Just what you're giving to the world with you and your company is real special. Really glad
0: we had you on here.
2: Well, this was a very refreshing conversation. Thank you.
0: you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn more, visit us at southwesternlegacy.com. Shoot us an email via our easy contact form to find out how you can become an agent or how we can meet your needs for final expense coverage. You can find this and other episodes at letstalklegacypod.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Let's Talk Legacy is a presentation of the Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group, a member of Southwestern Family of Companies.